on Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1. Streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, and today my guests are directors Kevin and Michael Getz, and we're talking about their brand new movie, A Violent Separation. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. This is a really interesting movie. This is one of those movies, after you watch it, that you continue to think about, and I love movies like that, that you're always, afterwards you're going, hmm, let me think more about that movie. Um, so let's talk, so the, so our listeners know what we're talking about. Um, Kevin, can you just lay out the plot line uh, very quickly so everyone will know what, what we're talking about? Yeah, it, uh, it takes place in 1983 in a, in a southern state with uh, sort of a dysfunctional family. Um, and we kind of focus in on these two brothers, one of which is a sort of spinning out of control, drinking too much, used to have it all, doesn't anymore. And then his younger brother, Norman, is uh, just back, newly back from the military and has become a local cop. And, you know, as the story evolves, we get to see that they're, they live together in a, in, on, their, on, their, on this ranch. And they're very kind of close to these two girls, uh, Abby and Francis, who, um, who live on this ranch with them. And as the as the movie progresses, uh, we've we've kind of got uh, these two brothers have come to this big uh, moment where uh, the older brother Ray, who's sort of the drunk, um, he accidentally shoots his girlfriend. He then proceeds to put her in a lake and get rid of her. And then you've got Norman, the younger cop brother, who he calls and says, "I need you to help me cover this up." And and that's basically the first twenty five minutes. So from there on out, uh, we've got this story of uh, this dysfunctional family doing this very dysfunctional thing, um, and sort of how much the the bonds of family and brotherhood and a lot lot more complicated things enter the picture. And basically, watch these two brothers and their family kind of spiral out of control. And Michael, did did you didn't you didn't write this script? Either one of you, correct? You you had a uh, who was who was the screenwriter for this? That's correct. We did not write this. Michael Arkoff wrote this. Uh, we were coming off our first films called Scenic Route back in 2013 at South by Southwest Film Festival, and we were looking for our next project. And our our agents and managers uh, submitted Michael Arkoff's script, which we thought was so amazing. The second we read it, uh, he's a wonderful writer. This is actually the first thing he's had uh, put to screen, but I'm sure he's going to have a lot more to come in the future. I think so too. I, I definitely do. You know, Kevin, there were so many things I liked about this movie. First, the opening um, scene, the the visual, uh, and then it's repeated again uh, towards the end. I I really loved that. Where did that come from? Is that something that was written into the script, or is that something that you and Michael envisioned? That that was something that came to us in, in editorial. It was so important for us to sort of set the mood for this film, because this film is certainly, uh, you know, all about the mood and we didn't want to just open up on sort of the status quo of like life's good and everything's fine we wanted to put a little bit of sense of dread that something bad's going to happen and when we saw that shot which um you know sean o'day was our dp um we remember getting that shot on the day the sun was going down and, and a couple of trucks one of the first days we we're out on location and one of the crew trucks came flying down that dirt road and just kicked up all this dirt behind it and so we said oh my goodness get get brenton get get brenton Twaits. let's get him into the cop car and let's have him fly down that road let's shoot super slow motion we had one take before the sun went down and that become, sort of became the iconic image of the film i mean it's it's him coming back at the end it's him coming back at the beginning it's got a lot of meaning when you see the movie a second time mm. uh, 
you know, certainly that opening shot. So, uh, um, yeah, we were very happy with it. Yeah, it, it really, it just stays with you. And I'm glad it was, you know, that you reused it again towards the end. So, yeah, it was a really interesting film uh, in that respect, that interesting shot. So, what, so you, this this script came to you, but, and you read it. Um, so, when you decided to do this, what was your, um, thought process as far as how you were going to go direct this movie well we wanted the, the movie to live and die on the on the strength of the performances i mean this wasn't a uh, whodunit it wasn't really a mystery to the to the script it wasn't um so you couldn't rely on that um and it wasn't uh, car chases and explosions it was really going to come down to the actors and the relationships and and the authenticity of this small town and and everything that's going on therein and so when we, when we started the production process it just began in, with casting um we just really set out to try to find the people who are hungriest who are going to put in the time and the effort to do rehearsals and, and all the work that would be needed to try to make this you know really come alive and jump off the page right from the get-go and and how did you cast it and that was a very very long process starting probably back in 2014 when we decided we were going to make it um ultimately we didn't end up making it until i guess was it eight yeah it was the end of 17 end of 17, end of 17. october november we shot this in 2017 um so it took a few years to find the right cast and of course you know some people came in and attached themselves and then they drop out for whatever reason because they've got a conflict and uh it's it's not unique in this business that how long it takes to get the right cast for something but you know once once sort of brent came on um, and funny enough Brenton wanted to play Ray uh, the older brother uh, not the cop and uh, we had a, a talk with him and said, look, we really see you from all the stuff we've seen you in before, kind of having this like underneath something going on underneath that face of his that just mm-hmm. feel like you could play Norman. And, you know, within five minutes of talking to him, he's like, I'm on board. I can't believe it. He's like, I, I got to go back and read it, though, because I was reading it for Ray. And, and then, you know, the next day he said he would do it. And then, of course, he had just gotten the, the show Titans on the DC network or whatever. And uh, so we had a very quick, let's get this into production. Let's cast everybody as quickly as we can. And it sort of came together from there. And um, you know, we shot it in 18, 17, 18 days. Wow. Wow. That's a tight shoot schedule, shooting schedule. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Uh, and of course, the first day of shooting was the, I guess it was the latest recorded in history hurricane to hit Louisiana uh, in, in November when we were starting. Oh so uh, we lost the first day of shooting. And then the second day was, you know, going through a foot of mud everywhere around that farmhouse. Oh, no. No. So, yeah, that's why we always say 17, 18 days. Yeah. Um, it was a whirlwind. But luckily, the actors all were, uh, you know, rehearsed. We were able to have about a week with each of them down in Louisiana, you know, acclimating, getting, uh, you know, acclimated to the to the weather because it's supremely hot down there, like beyond anything you've ever seen. Um, and also just getting into character and, and feeling what it's like to live, be out here in the, in the middle of nowhere and get into their characters. And so we were very lucky with that. So when they, we came to the 17 shooting days we uh, you know we were on top of it as, as best we could be again it's very 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 tight Brenton does have this wonderful innocent looking face and he reminds me I'm, I kept racking my brain thinking about uh, an actor that he reminds me of that was um, back in the 80s I, he was in, oh, I, mean, I, I can't think of his name but he looks so much like him it was amazing it was uncanny um, and then you know then you have Ben Robson who is so totally different looking 
it was hard yeah. to, you know, sometimes you go, could they really be brothers? You know, because there was such a uh, distinct, different look between the two of them, yet there was this uh, chemistry, you know, that they both had as brothers. I thought that was really, uh, you know, fascinating to watch the their relationship. And you do wonder why the choices, why they make the choice. You know, you get frustrated sometimes by the choices everybody made in this movie, uh, which is also makes you think a little bit more, too. Uh, and, and you have a great supporting cast with uh, Gerald McRaney, who we haven't seen in a while, and uh, and Ted Levine, who was I thought was just wonderful to watch in this movie. How did you attract both of those fine actors to this film? I think the material just just brought them in. The, the screenplay was so good and, and really made its way around town. Um, everybody seemed to love it as it went out. Uh, and so when we got on the phone with both of them, they, they responded very positively to the roles and um and and ted thought you know he said the one thing he said up front was you know i've seen this small town sheriff before i'd, I'd really like to come in and give it my own take if i can starting with wardrobe all the way to you know my accent and we said look whatever you can bring to it would be fantastic because he's so wonderful yes. and he and we thought he really pulled off such a, a great original uh take on it yes he, he did yeah he, and he's such a joy both of them were joys to work with i mean just just really brought so much to the project not only to their characters and their roles but also just to the set to the to the day you know being there some of the younger cast and and you know having a good time and it was it was really wonderful working with both of them I can imagine, and I think that would be wonderful to have these um, veterans uh, who are you know very well renowned in 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 their careers and 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 uh, to bring some of their valuable advice to these younger actors that you attracted to this script. I'm sure that would be, it would have been like who have been a fly on the wall listening to some of the advice and things that they talked about. You also have Francesca Eastwood in the film, and I live in Carmel, California, and as you know, this is Clint Eastwood country. He was the mayor here 30-some-odd years ago, and, um, and she's fascinating to watch, too. I mean, her role is smaller, but... Um, uh, she's very interesting in what she does with that. Um, how was it working with her? Because she hasn't done a whole lot out there yet, has she? No. I, I, we actually saw her on an episode of Fargo, I think it was, the TV show. And we said, wow, who is I, I remember watching that and saying, who is that? So we looked her up, and we were searching for someone who was complete opposite of Abby. Mm-hmm. Someone that Ray just, you know, Ray should have been with Abby, and that should have been who he should have spent the rest of his life with she was the right girl but he still had this this you know was drawn to someone totally different and wild and someone who could shoot a gun and works at the bar like just you know that that kind of thing and when we looked at francesca she just had such an interesting look um and so much different than anyone else and we wanted her to be sort of memorable that that you know she was she's in this story even though she's got a small role you know she 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 sort of caused it all in some way in a very small Mm -hmm. way yes yes you know ray stepped out and you know abby was not happy with that and and that whole that relationship between the three of them um you know just another layer and so it was important to get someone that wasn't forgettable yeah and and she she isn't she does stand out in this i will say that for sure what is your directing style together i mean do you direct uh the scenes together or do you choose which scene each one of you is going to do or how how do you work together well because we're brothers i guess we we luckily have the same instincts and sensibilities and and we've been doing it forever our our father was an actor a stage actor for a long time peter michael getz so he's actually riley in the film the the 
the guy with the metal detector. Oh, detector. okay. Yeah, so, That's your dad. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he did he did theater in Minneapolis, and then he went to Broadway, and then he came out to California out here, and, and done a ton of pilots and, and TV and stuff and movies. And so we grew up underneath all of that and seeing all that happen, and did little Super Eight movies together and stuff. And then I went to graduate school at uh, USC, and Kev went to Art Center in Pasadena, um, and we worked on each other's student films together. And we just always sort of did it together and, and really are just one mind on set. Um, we try to be one mind as much as we can. You know, there's we're in charge of the ship and we don't want to go in two separate directions. And so we just prep and prep and prep. We storyboard our scenes very, very uh, thoroughly. Um, we talk about what motivations the actors have and the characters. And then when we're on set, we really hope that, you know, an actor can come up to me and ask me a question about the, the scene and I can give pretty much the same response that Kev would. So we, we really try to be one mind and, and really go at it from, from a pure teamwork, collaborative standpoint it sounds like you're just in rhythm with one another then you know like a a musician uh performing it it, yeah there's there's that balance uh of back and forth uh for both of you if you're just tuning in you were listening to the jam price show all about movies and my guests today are kevin and michael getz and we're talking about the brand new movie a violent separation one of the things that really stood out for me is the music in this movie. Talk a little bit about the composer because that kept the tension, the movie really flowing. It just stood out. It was just an amazing composer. Uh, and you want to talk a little bit about who composed the music and what other things he may have done? Yeah, well, that's uh, Evan Goldman, who um, is pretty much a genius. He understands uh, how music tells a story. Um, and as Mike was talking a little bit ago about his and I sensibilities together, we feel like Evan has the same sensibility as us. He'll play some temp song over it, you know, that he just composes real quick on his keyboard and says, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And nine out of ten times, it's exactly what we were thinking as well. And then he builds it out from there. And we, we have a great working relationship with him where we can sit behind him and say, you know, hey, can we put a little something here and let's draw this out there? And he just gets it. And, um, you know, he did done a couple of stuff with us, a couple of commercials couple of uh he did a feature that we did before um so yeah he's 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 quite amazing and he's got he's got the knack for telling telling a story through music and it's uh, another cool thing is that he brings in a uh a lot of like you know independent cellists and violinists and he builds them out and so a lot of the music that might normally be synth, you know synthesizers and whatnot um on a budget of this size he actually is able to kind of build out by getting you know five violinists or something and making it sound like 10 and 15 and 20 and 30 i mean he just has that ability and kind of uh, doubling and tripling them up and really bringing in real instruments and, and real musicians into a studio. Amazing. Think, yeah, it's, it's about 85 minutes of music or something in the movie, maybe longer, right? something right. I mean, it's it's almost the whole movie. And I believe I believe iTunes, uh, the soundtrack's going to be available on iTunes, right? Yeah, independently of the movie, too. Oh, wonderful, yeah. wonderful. I highly recommend people go look for it then because it, the music was just outstanding. It truly was. And, uh, and, and it, uh, that was one of the things that I definitely wanted to talk to you about was the the the, the score behind this film. Who, who has influenced your career the most? Well, that I mean, it's almost the standard answer you hear a lot, but for, it was it was truthful for us, and it was it was Spielberg. Um, and it, you know, it almost sounds cliche to say Spielberg, but you know, Mike and I grew up in the er- era of you know E.T. being one of the first movies I ever saw, um, and I remember walking out of and this is Kevin. I remember walking out of the theater and saying, "Okay, that's what I want to do." I think I was five, so I never never wavered from that. Um, and so, you know, just and then both Mike and I would watch Duel over and over and over again. 
which is one of Spielberg's first films. Mm. Um, and we fell in love with trucks and driving and, and cars and, and ultimately film from, from, from Spielberg, for sure. But other influences are definitely the Coen brothers, not just because they're brothers, but because they're brilliant storytellers. And, um, you know, there, there's certain directors out there that really like to use the camera to tell a story. And I think I, we almost feel like a camera is a, is, a, is a tool to tell a story. And a lot of times people don't often use it the right way. And I, I, we feel like it's sort of an extension of our of our thoughts when we're putting together, when we're storyboarding and stuff. It just kind of comes naturally. And it's from so many years of, of watching these kinds of films these people that we've looked up to for years two wonderful choices <laughs> you can't go wrong with any one of them is it the same for 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 you i don't know which one was was that, was that michael or kevin speaking That's kevin. kevin okay yeah. michael is it the same for you yeah yeah again going back to our sensibilities when we went and saw movies together we're four years apart and growing up we'd go see movies together we'd choose the same movies and we'd like the same movies um so we always just sort of had the same sensibility that again that works well what was most What's most challenging about bringing a script to life? Well, the, the funny thing with the violent separation was that it was it, it was a such a labor of love, and it took so many years to get off the ground. Um, we called it "We're going to make this movie no matter what" at some point, and and that became like just a mantra between us and the producer and the writer and whoever else was involved at the time. We said, we are making this movie no matter what. And that's sort of what it takes to make an independent movie these days. Um, you know, the money is is very hard to come by. Uh, scheduling with all that, you know, a large ensemble cast and the scheduling. Claire was in the middle of shooting something and had to fly back and forth a lot of times. Plays Abby in the film. You know, as I said, Brenton had to leave on a certain date. He was out of there to go back to Titan. So this no matter what movie became a... Uh, uh, a real we had to really push it up the hill and you know it's the challenges are always that there's not enough money there's not enough time uh, and you have to still commence forward and make the best movie you can and, and a lot of times when you, you wish you could take maybe another take or maybe shoot in that other side of the field over there there just isn't the time uh, and that's independent filmmaking and you've got to be able to roll with the punches anything so, else to add to that yeah. I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, this was a hundred and maybe 13 page script and to shoot in 17 days. I mean, we were averaging 40 setups a day and you know, we're shooting two wow. cameras. Um, sometimes it'd be a hundred degrees with a hundred percent humidity where you can hardly breathe. Wow. Uh, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it was, and then on the second half of the shoot, when we were near the lake, of course, where all the stuff goes on around the lake, it was absolutely freezing. Um, so there was a big cold front that came in halfway through shooting. And so we had both extremes and it's like, you know, it's just, it's never easy. And that's why as uh, that's why we prep so much because you just never know what's going to happen. And a lot of it, you never know what's going to happen to happen over and over again as they do and that's independent filmmaking no matter what it's it's, it's really fun though at the same time because you you have to be on your toes and you have to be able to make quick decisions that you know you hopefully are the better the movie and um you know keep, keep everybody happy because there's, there's a lot a lot of movie parts and not a lot of time well that's what you know it keeps you really present you know when things like that are going on you can't just go on automatic pilot you can you know you have to just constantly be completely 100 percent present to what you're doing uh to make it a good movie what do you think the message of this movie is without giving them too much away well, I, the, the biggest theme that we loved about it when we first read it, being brothers, was, you know, when uh, the, the, the bonds and the things that tie us as, a, as an organic family, are when, when those are tested, you know, how far will you go for your loved ones? And then to twist that on its head, when you start to 
branch out and become a man from a from a child and, and start your own new family when when what who are your allegiances to you know those that you grew up with and then and, and then trying to make your new life with this new family moving forward um you know at its heart it, it's really a story about how far you'll go for your loved ones and 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 what what will you sacrifice for them you know um we, we just were always attracted to that that story between these two brothers who are so haunted by something that happened that was sort of out of their control and 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 not, not to give the ending away but right. just something that's haunting in, in that you know how far will you go and what will you do for each other and each and each of the characters does that even even uh, francis played by lisa dunham carey who's great as well she her choice she has to make obviously uh is is balanced on versus family versus morality and and so it's kind of this large morality tale that we love to take kind of ordinary people and put them in extraordinary situations and see how they react and just watch them sort of unfold in a very human way and so yeah that's what that's what attracted us to it for sure oh i was also uh curious as whether you were attracted to it because you're both you know obviously your brothers and this film is about brothers um was that also underlying when you read the script absolutely yeah i mean you know they're they're, they're it's it's a it's that bond and you know it's it just and I, we love it when we give people questions in the audience a lot of people say oh the ending of this or that and it left you thinking that's the kind of endings we love mm-hmm. uh, and you sort of touched on the beginning when you said that it makes you think about it afterwards we we the ambiguous ending you know to a point you know we don't want to you know anger people but we do want to leave especially in a story like this where family has been torn apart ripped apart and you know maybe brought back together here at the end maybe not that's the whole point is that we want people to just have a conversation and say wow what's going to happen now after we've just been through all that and uh yeah well it was it was very fascinating you're right alicia uh Deb- how do you say her name debnam Deb- Deb- carrie Carey. um yeah. you know see how, how she she changes throughout the film and how she becomes the heart of the film, uh, and she is, uh, along with Brenton Thwaites, uh, and also seeing how he evolves, too. I mean, I thought that was really great, because sometimes, you know, you, you can, the actors can keep it at one note, you know, instead of playing the full symphony uh, when they're acting, and I felt that all of the actors came and played a full symphony, you know, they didn't stay on one note, and I think that's why it was um, so compelling to watch watch because it's all about I mean it's always about the script um, but there's only so much you can do with the script it's the actors who bring it uh, alive and then of course the directors and and the editing you know ultimately too I talked to a lot of editors and I know that you know a, a film can live or die in the editing room did you have a big hand in the editing did you get really actively involved with that process absolutely yeah I mean every process I mean you from the sound design to the music to the editing of course yeah we we are there for every step of it and you know editing this was 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 difficult there was a lot of stuff that we had to had to kind of get rid of just to try to keep the story moving you know uh, so you know editing editing was really long on this I think we did at least six months of editing oh good uh, wow that's that is a long time and then had like even a couple of couple of weeks off and then went back in and, and did some more so uh, which is very helpful because you can kind of get this perspective when you step away for a bit. And it was, um, we had another project that we had to go do, so we stepped away, then we came back, you know, and, um, we're able to finish it. So. And also the majority of films have, um, reshoots that sometimes they have the benefit of being able to go back and, you know, shoot a couple days even or a week of things that you find out you need later in the edit. 
and we didn't have that luxury, so it just took us a little longer in the editorial room to, you know, keep making things work without that luxury. Well, thank you both for being on the show. I wish you much success. Where can people see a violent separation? Uh, it opens this Friday uh, in 10 cities nationwide, including Los Angeles, Dallas, Denver, New York, Chicago. Which is May 17th. Uh, May 17th, sorry. And, uh, and then also comes out on VOD on iTunes, same day. All Wonderful, wonderful. I wish you much, much success on this film. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, if you if you watch, you can tune in to the Jam Price Show on Facebook and learn more about upcoming shows while you're there. Please like my page and please write a comment so we can know what you're thinking. And to listen to the Price Movie Minute movie reviews and listen to archived shows that you may have missed, go to thejampriceshow.com and also to listen to the Jam Price Show on iHeart's podcast channel. On Power Talk AM 1460 and FM 101.1, streaming worldwide on iHeartRadio. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show. The Ozio Theater in downtown Monterey is now open every day, showing independent and foreign films. The Ozio Theater has new concession offerings, including beer, wine, hard cider, and their homemade lush slush. You can now schedule private event screenings for community charity events, birthdays, anniversaries, or just a fun gathering of friends. For more information, visit the Ozio Theater online at oziotheater.com. <laughs> 